Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA plus Christian family heal their church trauma, and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. I'm proud of all those things, but can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt, and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my dear friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So very glad you could join me for this week's Table Talks episode of the Coffee with Keith podcast. I want to do a couple of housekeeping things uh, really quickly, if I may. The first is um, I've been thinking recently about the three episodes per week, the Bible Talks, Table Talks, and Bible Talks. And one of the things I may be doing in 2023, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, this is because it can be quite daunting at times to put out three podcasts per week. And although I love uh, doing that and um, believe that there's a purpose to it, I think there's a good possibility I may be cutting back to two podcasts per week. And so what I may be doing, I'm going to keep the Friday Bible podcast. Um, I think that's important for me personally to share some thoughts from the Bible that I have studied for that week. Um, it's something I enjoy myself and my personal reflection, but hopefully, and I get feedback that it's been helpful to some other people too. Um, but on Wednesdays, we have the table talks and on Mondays was the buy talks. And what I'm thinking about doing is just taking the buy talks and sort of rolling it into the Wednesday table talks. So there may be some episodes on Wednesday where um, it is specifically more related to bisexuals, but that won't be the, the norm. Typically on Wednesdays, the table talk episode will still be very much um, on a broader scale applicable to all folks within the 
LGBTQIA plus communities. So um, don't be surprised if that happens in 2023. I, I've really been thinking and praying about this and just for my own well-being um, and my workload, et cetera. And surely <laughs> those of you who have a lot of things going on in your life can understand how I might uh, come to that decision. So um, I'm still toying with it. I'm still praying about it and thinking about it, but I just want to give you a heads up. If you see the Monday episode disappeared, that's the reason why. Okay. All right. Secondly, I've got some cool things coming up in 2023. Number one is there's going to be a deconstruction group coaching program that's going to start in the, sp the spring. And I would very much like for you to be a part of this. It's going to be a live group coaching. There's also a, a, a private group that we'll have. There's a lot of cool things that will happen. And we're going to systematically work together to um, to unpack some of the major theological orthodox views. And we're going to talk about them historically. We're going to talk about them practically. And um, there is no dogma of trying to thrust something down your throat here. This is a this is a discussion. It'll be a dialogue. It'll be some Zoom um, meetings that we'll have. It's just going to be a great time. I want to encourage you to really pray about that. It's very affordable, but it's going to be a great time. Every week we're going to meet together, and uh, we're just going to, you know, talk about some of these major issues when it comes to Christendom. So be sure to check that out. You can do so at the website, uh, J, the initial jkeithbrown.com. Also, if you're in need of any personal coaching, don't forget that I have still very limited coaching, but I still do some individual coaching, and I would love to take on some new clients in 2023. So be sure to check those opportunities out as well. Okay, well, that's enough of the housekeeping. Let's get to the subject today. And if you're listening to this and you're part of the queer community or you're an ally, which I do have some allies that do listen to this podcast, and I, I love and appreciate you, by the way. Uh, today, I want to talk about and talk to a very specific group of people. And this, if you're if you're a queer person, this is not going to be directly related to you. And I, I'm going to admit that to you, but I hope that you'll listen because um, it might be an episode that you want to share with someone. OK, so today I want to speak directly to those evangelical parents who find out that their child is LGBTQI+. Maybe you are a long-term evangelical, and this has happened recently. Let me tell you how this came about. I, I often get, because of the fact that I have you know, served and studied deeply in the evangelical world, um, I often get um, letters or comments from those in this world to me when they have a child that comes out as queer. And so I got uh, something recently that said, basically, um, you know, Father Keith, I have been, my family has been Southern Baptist for generations, and we are very active in our church, but I have just found out that my daughter has come out as bisexual. What do I do? And it was an honest question, but I loved what the writer said at the very end, because this mother said, I didn't know how to respond, so all I said is, I still love you. And um, I responded back by saying, um, good job. Because let me tell you, I believe that the parent of a child who comes out as queer, whether they're a young child, a teenager, or a 54-year-old child, every child needs the support and love of their parent in this major um, expression 
of who they truly are. And I can also tell you, my dear friends, that that child, regardless, again, if they're 14 or 54, the chances of them having a more productive and happy life with one supporting parent is astronomically higher than if they have none. So keep that in mind. So the first thing I want to do to you, dear writer of this comment and question, is commend you for saying those three words, I love you. Because in my opinion, there are two things. Well, there's one thing that we need to do if you're an evangelical parent. And I'm not saying we because I don't have any children that have come out that way. But if you are an evangelical parent and your child has, there's one thing that you need to do. And there's two ways you need to express it. And that is love. You need to love your child. And I believe that is godly. I believe that is biblical. I believe that that is the natural thing to do as a parent. I am a parent. And I'm going to tell you that I love my child and my stepchildren unconditionally. There is nothing they can do that would make me not love them. And I think that is the responsibility of every parent regardless. So we are to love them, but I believe that we do that in two ways. And you did the first, dear listener, and I want to applaud you for that because you told them, you spoke the words, I love you. Or maybe you, someone might say, you know what, sweetie, I still love you, or know that I still love you, or make sure you understand that I still love you. It is the voicing of those words that this child so desperately needs to hear. So regardless of how you feel, regardless of your fears, regardless of your worries, regardless of your stress, regardless of the the trauma of hearing these words, be sure to say, I love you. I love you. Because that's going to go beyond measure in their ability to be happy and successful in life. So first of all, this this person who wrote in to me, I want to applaud you for that. Good job. But we not only need to speak love, we also, as parents, need to show love. And that includes those of you who are dealing with this very real situation. So how do we show love in action? The first thing that I want to encourage you to do, oh, before I say this, let me t- let me just share one thing with you, okay? First of all, I don't want you to beat yourself up. For most of the time, your child has spent months at a minimum, years most probably, trying to figure this out for themselves. So the first thing I want to tell you, parent, is give yourself some grace. Because this is a, this is a, a it may be a total shock to you. And I understand that you have to get it in. You have to. You know, you have to have some time to process it. So give yourself a little grace there, okay? But but having said that, let me tell you, it's still going to require you to step up to the plate fairly quickly to be there for your child, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your own struggle, okay? So let me, if I may, just coach you a little bit and give you these things to think about in this situation. Number one, I want to encourage you to admit and then commit. Admit and then commit. What do I mean by that? 
I want you to first admit to your child. Now, this is after you've said, I love you. That's a given. That is a necessity. You need to use those words. I love you, or I still love you, or baby, I still love you. Sweetie, I still love you. You know, whatever words you want to use, I want you to voice, I love you. That's that's the first, okay? But let's talk about the actions. So an action, the first action I think you need to do is admit that you are struggling but commit to growing and learning. Admit you're struggling and then commit to learning and growing. All right, so it might be very appropriate to say, "Uh, sweetie, uh, I said I love you, and I do, and I will always love you. I want you to know that. But but I'm going to tell you that this took me by surprise, or this was something that that I wasn't expecting, or even if you were expecting it or had your curiosity or had your thinking, dear parent, you still want to say something like, you know, this is still a, a shock to me. This is still something that has taken me aback. But I promise you that I'm going to try to open myself up to learning and growing and and dealing with this. So I'm going to work on this, but you're going to have to give me some patience in this process. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me understand. And I'm admitting that it's going to be hard for me for a little while, Just, but know that. Now, remember, I love you, but just understand that I've got to adjust to this, okay? Now, you see, what you've done there is affirm your child. You have been honest with your child. And if your child is a person who loves you, which I hope to goodness they are, then most of the time that child can understand that. But let me just speak to the person who might be listened that is queer. If you are a queer person and you tell someone as like a parent that this is the case and they suddenly have a shock, that I want to encourage you to remember that they have to process this news. You must give them grace. You must give them time to process this revelation. That's the only fair thing to do. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they won't support you. It doesn't mean they won't come to accept you and celebrate you, but you must give them time to process. And dear parent, you must give yourself that time. But I believe it's important to communicate to your child at whatever level they are in maturity that you need that. You need to do that. But does it negate their your love for them? You just have to process this. They have to give you some time and some help in this. And if you do that, then it connects the two of you and you're working together to try to make this good. All right. So that's the first way, in my opinion, of showing love in action. The second is, I want you, dear evangelical parent, to be willing to study the text. Now, what do I mean by that? You may or might not know if this is a new thing to you, if your child just now has revealed this to you. You may never even really thought about it, but I'm going to tell you that there are primarily six and six only verses in all of the Bible that deal with any type of connection to possibly the homosexual or queer lifestyle or identity. Let me say that again if you're new to the game. There are only six verses normally people use 
to speak against queerness when it comes to the Bible. Now, let me also tell you that there are brilliant scholars who will interpret those verses very differently because of wording, whether it is in the Old Testament Hebrew or the New Testament Greek. There is scholarship that supports either the very literal translation that people most often have heard, or there is fantastic scholarship uh, for people who also interpret this very differently, and meaning that what is implied in Scripture is in no way indicative of what we know is true about current, um, say, homosexual relationships, loving relationships. Now, again, you need to do your homework. You need to be willing to study. You need to be willing to open your mind and go to these scriptures. But you also need to understand that when it comes to that Bible, that you have to ask yourself, am I going to let the six verses that have all kinds of impossible interpretations keep me from loving supporting my child. And as I often tell my queer clients, you have to ask yourself deep down, is the God that you love and serve who created all of us the way we are created would purposely make someone this way only to hate them and destroy them for all eternity. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, friend, Keith again, just dropping in really quickly to remind you that I am available for individual coaching. You know, for the last 35 plus years, I have had the joy of working with so many people over so many issues. So if you could use some coaching, check it out. Listen, I've got the time, I've got the experience, I've got the desire, and I've got the heart. All I need is you. The link's in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out today. Now, back to the episode. That, my dear friend, my dear parent, you must personally wrestle with today. And I want to encourage you to do that. There are many good books out there that can explain these six verses, can talk to you very very well about the um, nuances of cultural and textual criticism and and interpretation, the exegesis of these uh, biblical interpretation of these verses. And honestly, most of your pastors, dear friends, haven't done this work. I promise you that. Right. What's the third way that you can show love in action? Provide a safe place for your child. I'm going to tell you that for many of these young people, when they come out, their world is turned upside down. And I will tell you that they are attacked in every avenue. They are often attacked in school. They are attacked by friends. They are attacked by the church. They often feel that there is no safe place for them to be open, honest, and their true selves. So I'm going to tell you I believe, dear parent, that one of the major responsibility of a parent is to provide and protect our children. And one of the ways you're going to do that is to give them that safe space 
Give them that safe space with you to struggle, to question, to talk. They need that. And you're either going to provide it or you're going to cast them away. And Lord only knows where they're going to go. Fourth step I think you can do when you talk about love and action, dear parent. Desire the life not directed. What do I mean by that? Well, I know as a parent, when we have our child, you know, we have that little baby that we hold in our arms in the hospital and we look down at them and we have more love than anybody could even imagine for this precious living person in our arms. We may begin to dream about how their life might look, how they will succeed in life, how they will enjoy life, how they might get married and have children and the White House and the picket fence and, and all these things. And yet, their best perfect life might be different than the one that you imagined or the one that you desired for them. So the question then becomes, are you more determined that they live life on your terms or on theirs? I'm pausing because I think that's something you need to really think about. Do I want my child to live life on my terms or theirs? Or let me just push it one degree further. Do I want them to live the life that they were created by God to be and live? All right. And number, what is this? Five, my fifth and last point when it comes to love and action for your child. Be willing to stand up for your child. You know, I've often, you know, seen fathers and, you know, the, the old joke when a, when a young girl, you know, a daughter is coming 16 and, and the boy comes to the house to pick up that daughter for that first date. And I can imagine that the, the, the the father is sitting there in his recliner and he's cleaning his shotgun. <laughs> and, you know, you can imagine there's always that protection, especially fathers have for their daughters. And, and uh, even though that's often a cartoon of such, it's still a very real thing for a parent. We want to stand up and protect our child. My son is... My biological son and my stepchildren are all grown. They have life of their own. They are, most of them are married or, or with significant other, all married or at least with a significant other. They have their own lives. They have their own careers. They have their own places. But even today, I would stand up for them in a heartbeat. I would be there for them in a moment's notice. You need to stand up for your child. And let me give you a good example of how this might come to play. Once you realize, and once a child comes out to you that they are queer, say, Mom, Dad, I am gay, for instance, you're going to now hear things that you never heard before. You're going to hear people in your friend circle, people in your family, 
and people in your church speak things that are directly derogatory to your child. Now, even though you may still be struggling, even though you may still be questioning, even though you may still be processing, I just need to ask you, are you going to be willing to stand up for your child? Are they going to see you go to bat for them, for their well-being? Or are they going to see you ignore, or even worse, join in? I can promise you, you're going to be tested on this. It's going to happen sooner than later. So those are five ways I want to suggest that you can put your love in action for your child. And if you think any of this is easy, it's not. I've worked with so many parents over the 30 plus years that have dealt with this very thing. I've had mothers in my office at times crying their eyes out, saying, my poor child, my poor child. I've had fathers angry and saying, I didn't raise a boy like this. And yet, they're still their child. And they must come to terms with that. And they must learn how to parent that child if they want to be the godly parent they need to be. So let me end this by, by just simply saying, um, I don't publicize this a lot because it's not the primary source of my work. But as you know, one of the things I always try to do is make myself available to share my experience and my my time and years in service to others. So I have worked with parents going through this very thing. So if you are an evangelical parent, let me tell you again, I have lived in that world. I've studied in that world. I understand that world very, very much. And if you want some help just being able to process this as a parent, then I'm going to tell you, you are in a safe place if you come and talk with me about it and if you get coaching from me. So if you want to talk to me about that possibility, just reach out in however you want to do so on whatever format that you can reach out to me. You can easily do that through an email if you go to jkeithbrown.com and just send me an email. I will respond. Okay. Well, that's a little bit for the, can you, this is holiday, this is Christmas week, the week before Christmas, and we're talking about this. And the reason we're talking about this is because A, I got this letter, this, this, uh, this question from a listener, but also it's because I understand that this holiday is going to be rough for a lot of people because of this issue. And so I hope that just some of the things that I shared with you, some of the thoughts that I've had, you know, that I've put together over a cup of coffee this morning and I wanted to share with you, maybe they have somehow resonated with you. And you can now step up to be the parent that God has called you to be. All right. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.